Hey everybody, welcome home. You are watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. So thankful you tuned in today. Uh, we're gonna get into the word together, get into some worship together. This is a message today that will change your life. I believe that with all my heart. I'm gonna talk to you today about the anchor of your soul. But before we get into that, I wanna remind you what you're watching right now. You are watching, again, you know this, Legacy Television. But what this is right now at this moment is a weekly edition broadcast and uh, it's going across the United States and in different places and via the internet, it's able to go global, which is obviously very exciting to us. That's the assignment on our lives and ministries to preach Jesus all over the world, praise God. Uh, but what we have in our hearts right now and what we wanna make available to you is to get on board with us in what we believe is the next step of Legacy Television, and that is making Legacy Television available to everyone, everywhere, every day. That's 365 days a year. And that's why we're introducing the Legacy 365 Project. And uh, we wanna make an invitation to all of those who are already our partners to get involved with us in this. If you wanna be a partner with Pearson's Ministries International, we would welcome you on board and welcome you to the family. If you wanna get on board with serving another generation with the word of God, with the word of faith, teaching them how to live by faith in the day of grace and help us take this message of Jesus all over the world through the platform of television, internet-based television. Man, these frontiers are changing all the time. And if you wanna pioneer with us in the changing landscape of television, now's the time to get on board with the Legacy 365 Project. So I won't get into any more about it right now, but you can visit us online at pearsonsministries.com, read all about the project and find out how you can get on board with us. Let's pray together and we'll get right into the word. Father, we love you today. Thank you so much for your word, sir. We are so grateful to have this light, this lamp that goes before us and gives us direction, gives us insight and instruction into what you want us to do. So we come boldly before your word today. We ask that you give us eyes that see Jesus, who is the word, the word made flesh. Give us ears that hear his voice, the voice of our good shepherd who, who calls us by our own name and leads us out, out of whatever it is we're in that we need to be led out of. Jesus is that good to us. And we ask you to give us ears that hear that leading today. And we want hearts, Father, hearts that understand more about who we are in Jesus and more about who he is in us. Enable us by your grace to live by this revelation and change the world through it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to get right back into the word today. For the last several weeks, we've been talking uh, out of Matthew chapter 13, trying to answer this question, this nagging, gnawing little question, why isn't it working? And it being the word, it being your faith, it could be your relationship with God. There are people all over the world who are frustrated, expecting things to turn out one way, and in reality, they're not happening and they're trying to figure out why isn't it working? And it's that, that question that, that tries to breed frustration in people's lives. But I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with the word not working in my life. I'm certainly not satisfied with it not working in yours, but even more dissatisfied than you or I would be. Our Father in heaven, our God, our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ is not satisfied, is not content with his word not working in your life. He gave us his word so that it would bring change, so that it would affect the way we live, and so that it would separate and sanctify us from the rest of this world. That's what Jesus prayed for his friends in John 17. He prayed that God would sanctify them 
through his word. His word is truth. And he said, God, I'm not asking that you take these people out of the world. You got to leave them in it, but sanctify them in it. That's the life that you and I are supposed to live, a life sanctified, set apart. In other words, that means whatever Whatever characterizes this world, whatever system this world is in and is entrenched in, you and I should be sanctified and separate from that. There's so much that we could talk about in that, but I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to get across to you today is that you can live a life separate from that, a life where the word of God works for you, a life where your faith in Jesus makes a way for you. So Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 tells the parable of the sower. And we've been talking about this for weeks, so can't take all the time to get back into where we've already been. I encourage you to download the app, the Legacy Studios app. You can watch all the old broadcasts, get caught up with us and help us answer this question, why isn't it working? And that's what Jesus is doing in Matthew 13. In other places, Mark chapter four, Luke chapter eight, it's all the same, uh, the same parable that he's telling here. And it's the parable of the sower. And after he had explained to his, par- to his disciples that they had eyes that were blessed because they saw him when everybody else out there just saw a preacher, they saw a savior. When everybody else just saw another person, they saw the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of God. And he said, your eyes are blessed because of that. Well, that's what blesses you and I. Is that when we have eyes that see Jesus, we see him more than just principles, more than just patterns, and more than just a system in the word of God, we see the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's when the blessing in our lives can, can begin to take place and can begin to affect us. People just living out a tradition, even taking scripture, but when you take it and you just make it tradition, there's no power in it. The power in the principles of the word only comes when you connect them to the person of the word made flesh, Jesus himself. So he is unfolding all this to his disciples. He talks to them about the the ground where Satan comes immediately and steals the word. And that's the one who doesn't understand, doesn't value the word. If you don't value the word that's being preached to you right now, Satan comes immediately and steals it and it'll produce nothing in your life. But when you value it, when you protect it as something that is valuable, Satan cannot touch the word that you honor. Amen. Then Jesus, this is what we began last week. He started talking to them in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 13. He said, he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. That's a great response to the word. Amen, praise God, I love that good word. Remember we talked about the lady that shouted out behind me and Sarah that day, that's delicious. That's an interesting response to the word, but whatever, you know, I mean, whatever, however you can respond to it, respond in joy, that's a good thing. But the problem Jesus goes on to identify is in verse 21, where he says, yet he has no root. Not having a root in you is a major problem. It's going to keep the word of God from having its effect in your life. He said he doesn't have a root, but he only endures for a while. Without a root, you can only endure for so long because when tribulation and persecution, Jesus said, arises for the word's sake, immediately he stumbles. Other translations say immediately he's offended. Now that word offended is interesting because it means separated. You've seen that take place in people's lives. Uh, Even take that term as a legal term, for example, a legal separation. What what is that? 
That's something that has taken, pl- taken place between a man and a woman who at one point, now watch this, this is very important to what we're saying today, who at one point were so in love with each other, they were inseparable. But through the course of time, through the course of events and situations, primarily due to pressure, if you were to study right now what is separating men and women, what is dividing marriages, there's a, there's a top 10 list and it's the same thing on everybody's list every time over and over and over again. Financial pressure, pressure in the marriage, pressure in their love, pressure in the family. It's pressure that tries to come in and what ends up happening is people are separated. And it's even a legal term, a legal separation. People who once were inseparable have now allowed something to get between them and put distance between them. That's what the word offense means. Now, it's really powerful when you realize he says here that it's tribulation and persecution that does it. The word persecution in this verse literally means pressure that drives away. And that's what's coming That's what Satan is trying to do in your life and mine is put pressure on the word that we heard, put pressure on you to try to separate you from that word that you just got so excited about on Sunday in church when your pastor preached it so good. Or that word that you're sitting and listening to right now that you're excited about. Listen to me, there's a moment coming. It may be later today. It may be a week, a month, a year from now when Satan tries to come with pressure to try to separate you from the word that you've heard. That's what persecution and tribulation tries to do for the word's sake, tries to offend you, tries to separate you from that word. Now, it's interesting to me when you really bear in mind the whole picture that Jesus is painting here. And he used this same illustration more than once, several times throughout his ministry, using the the parallel of, of a seed that got sown or, or roots that take and develop and grow into, into a plant, into a tree. He talked about it in John 15 when he said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will. He talked about how, how the, the vine has to abide, the branch has to abide in the vine. So you see the same kind of picture being painted here. He said, if that branch doesn't abide in the vine, then, then it can't produce anything. It won't bear any fruit. And that's really the question that we're trying to answer. When you say, why isn't it working? Really what you're saying is, I should be bearing fruit and I'm not. That's really what is at the heart of this thing here. And Jesus said, the answer to that is, the branch can't do it of itself. It has to stay connected. That's what the word abide means. It has to stay connected to the vine. You know as well as I do, if you walk out to a tree and you break a branch off the tree, that moment, in the moment that it's broken away, it's lost all the life that's coming to it from the roots, up the trunk, into the branch of that tree. And wherever that branch and that tree are connected, that is a life point. There's a source and a flow of life right there. And Satan too often is able to get between people. He's able to get between husbands and wives. He's able to get between people and their churches and try to create distance, try to create separation in a relationship that was once so life-giving because of its connection 
Now there's no life in it because of its separation. I hope you're following me in this today. I saw this example maybe more clearly than I'd ever seen it before in my life. I was, uh, I had traveled, Sarah and I were ministering in a church one weekend and I went downstairs in the hotel lobby to wait for the pastor only to find out I was downstairs like almost half an hour early. I never do that, but I decided instead of going back upstairs, I was just going to wait outside around a little fireplace they had out there. It was a cool evening. So I'm waiting out there for the pastor to pick me up. I was standing out there by myself until a couple of cars pulled up just outside where I was. And out of these cars came a young mother with her two sons. And then I think what must have been her mom, the grandma, and she hands the kids off and she gets in her car and drives away. And the grandma comes into where I'm standing with the two boys. She's very friendly. Hi, how are you tonight? Doing great. Thank you. She sees this Bible in my hand. She said, is that a Bible in your hand? I said, yes, ma'am. She says, oh, are you a believer? So yeah, okay. We're talking the language to each other. Yes, ma'am, I am. She said, what church do you go to? I said, well, I'm actually in town preaching at another church and appointed. It was, we were like an exit away from this church. And this is when she said to me, you know, she goes, oh, that's great. I used to go to church there. So this is very, already, this has become a very potentially awkward situation. I'm preaching at the church she used to go to, but she didn't seem too bothered by it. But this is where it all got very interesting. She held on to the youngest of the two boys and said, as a matter of fact, he was healed of autism there, which is an amazing testimony. It's a miracle to be healed of something they say you can't be healed of. I mean, glory to God, praise God. But the first thought in my mind is, what do you mean you used to go to church there? Because to me, that means you used to, and now you don't. And she started talking to me about why they didn't go to church there anymore. And, and it didn't seem that there was any major offense or any kind of major falling out. But she started talking to me about some other things they had begun to study, still born again people, love the Lord, but started studying some of this other direction. But the main thing she brought up, and she must have said it half a dozen times. And she said, the, really the reason we left and started getting into this other thing was because we found out are you ready for this? That Christmas is a pagan holiday. Yep, that's it. That's the reason that she and her family left the church where her grandson was healed of autism was because Christmas is a pagan holiday. She was really encouraging me. You got to look it up. You got to Google it. Study it for yourself. And by that time, the pastor pulled up and I'm kind of slowly backing away. But it just was astounding to me that Satan will do whatever he can to get between people and whatever's giving life to them. I mean, you talk about a life flow from, from that congregation, that family, that family of faith. It had so been such a strength and a, and a channel of life that it affected their family forever. But this other little thing, this, this other little way of thinking got in and it separated them. And you got to know this is happening all over the world. It's happening in marriages. It's happening in relationships. There are people everywhere that used to go to church somewhere. And they let something get between them. They let something separate them. And according to Jesus, if that branch ever gets separated from the vine, if it ever gets separated from what's giving it life, it won't bear fruit anymore. 
And, and back to what he's saying here, he said, where there's no root, if there's no root, then yeah, you might be happy about it for a minute, but you don't have the ability to endure. That's why I said to you on last week's broadcast that what Jesus was suggesting to them, he was saying that you can be sustained through everything that you can see by the strength of what you can't see. That's what the root is. The root is the part of the plant that you can't see. It's the part of the tree that you, you can't see. And yet it's what's sustaining the whole thing. It's what's keeping it in place. No matter what's going on around it, the wind blowing against it, the storm raging around it, it's what you can't see that's sustaining everything you can see. And the very same thing is true in your life and mine. We will be sustained by what we can't see. That's the inward man. That's why we read out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 last week about, about the inward man being renewed day by day. The part of you that you can't see being stronger, being made stronger through the life that's in the relationship that you have with the word and the relationship that you have with Jesus. But I want to identify in the, in the few moments that we have in this broadcast today, what is our root as believers as Jesus preachers, Jesus followers, what is our root? What is it that's going to sustain us through all the pressure, through all the symptoms, through every attack? What's going to sustain you and keep you immovable in it? What is it that's going to cause you to endure? That's what Jesus said. The problem was with no root, you only endure for a little while. Well, you know as well as I do that it's faith and patience. That's what the word endurance is. It's patience. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. If you feel like your faith's not working, you might need to check up on your patience. You might need to check up on your endurance. And as a matter of fact, if you're standing there saying, it's not working, it's not working, it's not working, then that tells me you've run out of endurance. You've run out of patience. And when you run out of patience, you're out of faith and it won't work. So what is it that's going to keep us rooted? Well, let me read this to you out of Ephesians chapter three. Maybe you've heard it before, but in verse 16, Paul is praying for these people and he prays that God would grant them according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit, where in the inner man, there we go again, that part you can't see. You got the rest of the world investing billions and billions of dollars in the outward man. I mean, the diet industry and the fitness industry and the, the cosmetic makeup and surgery and all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm, not, now, I'm not knocking that. I work out. I mean, obviously, you could probably tell that. But uh, I'm not knocking any of that. But what I'm saying is you've got to make sure you're making more of an investment in the inward man than you are in the outward man. This one's going away. This one's dying day by day, but this one is being renewed. And he said, I pray that you'd be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, here we go, being rooted and grounded in love. That's your root. That you'd be rooted and grounded in love, would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, and that you would know the love of Christ that passes all knowledge, that, that you would be filled with the fullness of God. What is our root? 
What is the anchor that's going to keep us immovable when the wind is blowing and the storm is raging? What's going to be your anchor when you've gotten an evil diagnosis from a doctor? What's going to be your anchor when financial, financial pressure is at its worst? This is it right here. He loves me. My Jesus loves me. My father loves me. And if you don't know anything else but that, you have enough to be anchored forever. You can stay anchored in him. Now, listen, I've got about 60 seconds left. Romans chapter eight. Let me try to squeeze this in. Romans chapter eight. And if I, if I can somehow manage to stay seated through this, it will be a miracle because this, this to me, is the greatest thing that's ever been written. In Romans 8, what do we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who can bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies us. Who's gonna condemn you? Who can condemn you when Christ already died and furthermore is also risen and is at the right hand of God right now making intercession for you? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, isn't that what Jesus said? Tribulation's trying to separate you. Tribulation's trying to offend you. But he said, when you're rooted and grounded in love, tribulation can't separate you distress, persecution, there it is. It can't separate you. None of it can separate us. He goes on and says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor debt, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When you're anchored in his love, you are immovable. You just say it out loud right now. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. With God, it's never he loves me not. He always loves you. And if you only knew that, your faith would work. Why? Because faith works by love. You'll never again say it's not working. Your faith will work when you know how much you're loved. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.